name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. As you know, we've been celebrating, not Thanksgiving, but we've been living a life of thanks living. So I don't know how it went last week for everyone. Did it go well? Did, did you guys manage to succeed? There was a kind of competition that Abuna said we should have in our house. And in my house, I failed miserably. And I don't know about you, but doing these four things, it's harder than you think, right? A week of Thanksgiving, one thankful post per day, gratitude board and daily thank you note. Uh, and just kind of like no complaining during the, the, the week who complained the most and who said thank you the most. And, and also to be genuine about it. That was a, it was a hard week, but it's not just for this week, but we have to continue being thankful. I'm not going to make things harder, but it might just get a little bit harder this week. Okay. Um, so just be patient through it. Don't prejudge it when you start to hear it, but just kind of be patient and say, and listen to the end and then make your judgment after that. Let's go back to that theme verse that we had. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Let's say it together. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I highlighted the key words for today. In everything. Everything? Right? It doesn't say... For everything, says in everything. Now, I'm sure from last week, and last week was really inspirational. I'm sure that you're ready to give gratitude and be thankful in your house, at work, and so forth. But it's in everything. And just to kind of make it clear, I don't know if you remember the, the liturgical prayers in the liturgy and in baptism and in, in marriage, even in your Agbeya prayers. It says in the Thanksgiving prayer, we thank you for every condition concerning every condition in every condition. So, yes, we should give thanks. But in everything. Everything. The good and the not so good. And that's kind of the hard part that we need to kind of talk through today. So you're saying someone is sick. We say thank you. I can't work. I can say thank you after they're healed. Not say thank you when they're sick. Someone passes away, say thank you. Marriage is not doing well, say thank you. Don't answer that one. <laughs> right? Kids don't obey me, how am I supposed to say thank you there? Boss at work is annoying, how am I supposed to say thank you there? In everything, in everything. It sounds ridiculous, it sounds unreachable. Right? There's a money situation, financial situation, or a problem with sin, or a problem with someone who has a problem around you, and we keep saying thank you. Now, I can say thank you when you do something good for me. That's kind of, right, that's the proper way. You do something nice for me, I say thank you. Right? I say thank God for this good thing that happened. That's not what today's about. Thanks living, we have to follow in everything. Give thanks. In everything, in every situation. And I'm going to try to convince you that this is important to do. Now to do that, actually, the readings for today, the Catholic epistle for today, actually is one of the main readings I want to talk about today. These are my go-to verses. I don't know what you go to when you're struggling with giving thanks and everything, but these are my go-to verses. And I want us to read it here. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but that patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Like, is, is this even possible? Like, you're asking us to give thanks when we're going through a trial? I can say thank you after the trial, but not when I'm going through the trial. It's too hard. When someone is upsetting me or I'm in a bad situation, I'm supposed to say thank you? Well, here's why. And the first reason is gratitude in everything leads to patience. You're probably thinking, well, I don't need any patience. So we can skip that one, right? Gratitude in everything leads to patience. And it produces patience, by the way. Here's the situation, guys. I want to be very honest with you. When you run into a problem, here's the facts. It's not going to finish quickly. Is that true or not? If you enter a situation that you're struggling with, it could be financial, it could be family member, it could be at work, it could be a sin problem, it could be whatever. Whatever you're facing. I promise you, from my experience, it's not going to finish right away. It's not going to finish right away. And this is what God wants to do on purpose. What? God wants to punish me? He wants me to suffer? No. He wants to produce patience. You know what really patience is? Is that we are not going ahead of God trying to solve our problems. We are relying on God. We're sitting back looking at God. God wants us to look at him. He wants to be with us in this situation. So when he, when he gives us a trial or he allows a trial to happen, it's to slow us down. Slow us down. Smell the roses. See, I'm here. And he wants to work and be part of the journey. Here's, here's the truth. And I'm, I was looking at my life all week thinking about this. When I face a problem personally, and I get through that problem, I feel relieved. Don't you? That's when I start thanking God. Think about that. When do you actually are grateful? When you get through a situation and you look up and say, thank you, God. And that's not what God wants for thanks living. He wants even when there's no relief in sight and no answer in sight. Thank you, God. Because I know there's a situation you're trying to produce something in me. You're trying to do something in me. And I want you to see something really nice from Psalm 27, verse 14. You know why he lets us wait? You know why he doesn't answer right away? Look what it says here in Psalm 27, verse 14. I love this verse. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, most times when people say, hey, wait, 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 not right now. We get annoyed, right? We want things fast. We want to achieve right away. We want to overcome our situations quickly. God says, no. I'm going to take my time. You can trust me. You can rely on me. I can produce something in you. I'm going to produce patience. And that's why it says, wait on the Lord. It doesn't mean like, oh, God, when are you going to finish this situation? No, wait on the Lord is an active way of looking at him, trusting in him, holding on to him. Wait on the Lord is different than we think. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And guess what he does? He produces things in us. He produces patience and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. God is, God is genius. God is clever. He doesn't want us to be miserable, but he wants to produce something in us. How can I be grateful in every situation? Because he's working in it. He's doing things invisible that we can't see in us. And one of them is definitely patience. I'm going to give you more. 
That's not the only thing. Guys, we have a choice here too. We can wait in a grumpy way, in a depressed way, or we can wait with gratitude and joy, knowing that God is doing something we can't see. That's the key to the whole thing. How can I be grateful in everything? Because I know God is doing the invisible. Now, that's not the only thing he's doing. He's not only producing patience in me. Gratitude in everything also leads to perfection. Okay, so you're probably thinking, well, that is not going to be me. I'm not going to be perfect. You want me to be perfect? How is that going to happen? Again, the verse says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Can you lock in on the words I, I highlighted here? Perfect, lacking nothing. What do you think perfection is? Being content. Lacking nothing. Can you imagine what you're facing today is so you can be content and you can be perfect? Yes, he's going to produce patience. We explained why. But he's going to make us perfect. But lacking nothing. Content. That means... You feel you have everything when you have little. What? Isn't that the most amazing feeling? You can have little but feel like you have everything. You know why we complain? Because we want more. Think about it. Why, we why we're not gratitude and everything? Why we're not living this thanks living? And all week you probably realized, I can't be thankful here because someone was annoying to me. <clears throat> Having little? Little peace in the home? Ah, I'm so thankful. Right? So it's... We have a desire and a want. That's when we complain. It could be at work. It could be at home. It can be wherever. We have a want. When we have a want. We complain. I want this car. I want this house. I want this toy. I want this girl. I want this. I want. I want. When I don't get it, I complain. When we're full, we say what? When we're full, we say, what happens when you eat and you're full? What do you say? Ah, thank you, Lord. Right? You can say it in every different, different language. We say that, right? Thank you, Lord. I'm full. That's not thanks living. It's not when things are going, when you finally got the problem solved. It's not when you're full. It's when you have little and it's not there yet that we're able to have gratitude. That's perfection. That's perfection. Even when I have little. The worst kind of feeling in this world is wanting more and more and being frustrated until we get there. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this solved? But I can't imagine contentment being perfection. Now, let me give you a small story. I, I know sometimes I give you stories from the mission field and just be patient when you hear these stories. Sorry, I, I, you know, my last 13, 14 years has been in the mission field and I just, you know, I have an experience here with this one when being content, right? We were in the middle of one of the villages in the deep bush of Congo called Maswika. It takes 18 hours. Sometimes I tell you these stories. 18 hours to drive there on no road. You're, you're basically driving through the woods. And there's no road. And it takes 18 hours. So there's nothing on the way. There's not like a, a gas station along the way. There's not a, a place you can stop for food or drink. There's nothing. So everything we bring, we bring from the main city. We pack all our food, drink, even the gas. We put the gas in containers. We bring it because if you go there and you don't have gas, you can't come back. That's the way, that's how challenging it was. 
I remember one of those missions. We were there in the middle of Masuika, and we ran out of water. Now, that sounds like nothing here in this world, right? In this side of the world. We ran out of water. You know what that means? That means in the middle of that hot, humid area in Masuika, there's no water to drink. Nothing. So there was a little bit of a panic started in, in the group. And we said we got to go everywhere and try to find anything. So we even went to the wells, you know, the well water. And usually well water is pretty clean. This well water and that well water all were dirty and brown. We said, okay, we got to take it. We got to boil it as much as we can. We turn on the generator, boil it, and let's, even after boiling, it was still not dark brown, but it was light brown, so it's not too bad. So <clears throat> we were suffering. We were in pain. We couldn't drink water. I never thought in my life that I would, like, just a drop of water would be so good. Anyways, we drank that light brown water, and we managed to survive, and then we told one of the missionaries, I said, can you go out again and check if you have, can find any bottles of water anywhere that anyone has, any other pe groups have? He came back with a plastic bag. This is a true story. I'm like, what's in the plastic bag? He said, Abuna, you're not going to believe. I found orange soda. Orange soda? We need water, man. Orange soda. I don't want orange soda. I said, give me some water. He said, no, you don't understand, Abuna. He opened the orange soda. It was ice cold orange soda. I mean, freezing cold. And I said, how'd you get that? What are you doing? Did it come from heaven? Or what, what, where did this thing come from? So he gave it to all of us. Each one had one. We opened it. I'm telling you guys, no lie. That was the best orange soda I've ever had in my life. And it was like, you know, I drank it slowly. And I said, I can't believe this. This is amazing. And I was really, and like, and he was looking at me. We were just, uh, we were amazed. And I was thinking to myself, orange soda? Like if, you give me orange soda right now, I'm like, I don't need no orange soda. But in that moment, because I didn't have anything, that became everything. I was content if you gave me a drop of water. But ice cold orange soda, in that moment, it made a difference. What I'm trying to say is like, that's why God gives us certain, allows certain trials. So we can appreciate the small things. We can appreciate each other. We can appreciate anything that's small that happens. I'm content with Whatever money I do have, I'm content with this wife or this husband or these children. I'm not looking for some other ones to replace them. I'm happy and I'm content and I'm grateful for whatever I do have. We should appreciate that. So I know the orange soda is funny, but I was really like just a drop of water. That orange soda was the best orange soda ever. Anyways, you guys get what I'm saying. But that's how God works. God is trying to produce perfection in us. That's why in everything, give thanks. Because... He wants to produce patience. He wants to produce perfection, which is lacking nothing. And the last one I want to spend a little bit of time on, which is really important, is that God, when we're thankful in everything, in every situation, God wants to produce a purpose. He leads us to a purpose, right? Something on the inside, God wants, there's a purpose he has with this situation. You're saying, no, 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 there's no way that this trial and this problem and the situation I'm facing is going to lead to any purpose. It's going to lead to a purpose of making me suffer. No. God wants to do something inside of you and me. And we have to accept that and realize that. It's the inside God wants to, to transform. St. John Chrysostom says, Happiness can only be achieved by looking inward and learning to enjoy whatever life has. And this requires transforming greed into gratitude. It's whatever God gives. I'm grateful. It, but it's from the inside. God wants to produce something inside. There's a purpose. Yes, he wants to produce patience in us. 
to wait on him. Yes, he wants us to be content, perfect, lacking nothing. But he wants to give us a purpose. He wants to give us and build a purpose in us. And you know this verse very well from Romans 8.28. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Whatever you're facing. You saw that verse many times. I'm not giving you a new verse. But do you believe that verse? That everything is working for good, for a purpose? That bad situation you're facing at home, that bad situation you're facing at work, that financial, that problem with sin that we can't overcome, you, there's a purpose to that? What's the purpose? There's something God wants to do in us and through us and for us. There's a purpose for the pain. There's a nice story that there's a story of a family in Amsterdam called the Ten Boom family, Corey and Betsy. And there was one time when, when me and Dahlia and Josiah were still young, we went to Amsterdam and we got to see the house of Corey and Betsy Ten Boom. Let me tell you about them. They're a good Christian family. And during the time of Nazi Germany with Hitler, there was the Jews were being killed in mass numbers. So this good Christian family came and they took in and hid the Jewish people in their homes even behind a wall. Like, so they built like a, another artificial wall that they would hide them behind. And then when the military would come in, they would say, where are the people? Where are the people? I heard there's people here. They would hide them behind the wall, like a secret room behind the wall. They couldn't find them. And you got to actually go. When you go there, you can actually go inside that small area and see the room that they hid them in. Anyways, Betsy and Corey and the whole family, they were hiding them. But one day they got caught. And they came and they were beaten badly, taken to one of those concentration camps. And at the concentration camps, they were suffering. By the grace of God, they smuggled in a Bible. You can't just, they don't let you come up with anything. They take all, remove all clothes, all belongings, nothing goes in. But they managed to get in, miraculously, a small Bible. So there they are in the women's, you know, bunker, Betsy, Corey, Placed day after day, the concentration camp, more suffering, more beating. The guards would come in and assault them and abuse them and whatever. But one day, there started to become, it became more nasty, their bunker. More bugs and whatever, and more fleas. You can see that's actually a real picture of fleas all over the place. It became really disgusting for anyone to enter. So Betsy said to Corey, I just read the verse and everything, give thanks. So Betsy said to Corey, let's, let's give thanks for the fleas. And Corey said, I'm not giving thanks for the fleas. Sorry. I'm not going to give thanks for the fleas. I can give thanks for other things. I'm not giving thanks for the fleas. Fleas are disgusting. Betsy says, no, it says here, and everything give thanks. Everything give thanks. So Corey said, okay, fine. Give thanks. They started praying every day. Thank you for the fleas. Thank you for the fleas. Thank you for the fleas. And they felt, Corey felt dumb praying for thankful for the fleas. But you know what those fleas did? They protected from the guards coming in. The guards would come in and say, ah, oh, this place is nasty, full of fleas. We're not coming in here. So you know what they were doing every night with that Bible? They were doing Bible studies. You know, those fleas kept those, those guards from coming in and assaulting the women. They were protected. The fleas protected them. They had Bible studies every night. They had prayers every night. No one can stop them and no one could assault them. Thank you for the fleas. I know you have some fleas in your life that you hate. 
You have situations you hate, I understand. But there's a purpose for it, honestly. I mean, a simple fleas, fleas, like it's, it gave them that much. There's a great purpose for why we go through what we go through. I know you struggle sometimes, I struggle sometimes, but let's, let's get to the facts. There is a purpose for what God is doing. And here, interesting enough, St. John of Avila says, one act of thanksgiving when things go wrong with us is worth a thousand thanks when things are agreeable to our incl inclinations. One act of thanksgiving in those moments is worth a thousand thank you when everything is going, you know, oh, thank you, God. Thank God this is going well. Thank God this is going well. Any one of us can do that. Any religion, any person can say thank you for that good thing happening. But one thank you in your moment of suffering or trial or problem or situation, just one is worth a thousand when everything is going well. There is a purpose for the pain. Here's what I want you to think about. And don't get upset with me. I want you to accept whatever you're facing. Now, when I say accept it, it doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. Okay? Don't get upset with me. I'm saying accept it, meaning that there is a real situation. I have to face it. I have to let God work in it. I have to let God produce patience in me. I have to get, let God make me perfect. I got to like, accepting it is letting God work. I'm not denying it. But there is, and I'm going to say this over and over again, there is a purpose why you're facing what you're facing. And you're probably thinking, how do you know, Buna? Well, I want to share something with you. And you know I like to share things with you. Actually, a personal story of my suffering, and I think Dahlia will remember this very quickly. In 2014, I call it the year of sickness, my year of sickness. That's the year I think I achieved the most like sick diseases or infections that any man can, can, can deal with. You know, in the beginning of the year, I got malaria, then typhoid, then shingles, then bacteria infections, many of them, viral infections, pneumonia, and some of those repeated again throughout 2014 to the point where, honestly, honestly, like Dahlia one night, she told me this, I don't know if you remember Dahlia, you said, I was listening for your heartbeat to make sure you're still alive. That's how bad it got. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Like, what's the, I can't understand, give me one sickness. Why are you give me like 20 of them? Like, just give me one. Like, you don't have to repeat them. And, and it's just like, it was like, it's like, you know, when your immune system is shot, every sickness comes. My immune system was like, one of them can, can kill your immune system. So everything else comes. And that, that was kind of, I could never get back on my feet. I was taking antibiotics and anti-whatever, and I was just like anti-malaria. I was taking everything. And that was in 2014. I kept asking God, like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what do you want from me? And it kept going on all year. And, 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 and kind of like the, the end cherry on top. That was the year Ebola broke out in Liberia. And I get a phone call. Bishop Paul says, Abuna, I need you to come to Liberia. I'm like, I'm going to die today. I'm going to die this next over now. <laughs> this is going to be the, you know. And honestly, I told Sienna, I said, Sienna, right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm like very sick, you know. And he understood and he was praying for me. And, but I thought like, okay, this, like, I thought God was trying to kill me. I was so sick. And he said Liberia and Ebola. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this is getting from like worse to worse. But then I realized this. 
that God wasn't doing this on purpose for no reason. And I want to tell you the same words. Don't waste your pain, but find purpose in it. I'll tell you what my purpose was. Why did God give me all those sicknesses? And here it is. I was sitting there one time really sick in my room, crying in tears. And I remember thinking, how many times other people around me were sick and I wasn't compassionate towards it? How many times people came to my office in Zambia and said, I need help medically. I need this. I need that. I would write them like a sick note to go to the hospital and, and go. I was trying to get rid of them quickly. Go. The hospital's there. Go see them. What do you need me for? And when I was sick there, I, I realized God was trying to teach me how to be compassionate towards somebody else's problem, towards somebody else's sickness, towards somebody else's situation. Maybe whatever problem you have is because you should be compassionate one day towards someone facing the same thing. Did you ever think about that? Your situation is not going to be wasted. I promise you. God's going to use that, whatever you're facing, to use it to help somebody else. He's not going to waste your pain. He's going to use it. And I, I know for a fact those days when anyone ever comes to me after that, after that year, anyone has any, I'm really like, I feel like God may be oversensitive now towards people who, are, who have a sickness, who have a situation. Before, I'd be like, what's the big deal? You know, get up, move. What's the big deal? You're sick. Okay, just go to the doctor and get some medicine and get going. No. After that year, I understood what it means to suffer in sickness. So what I'm saying to you is whatever you're facing, I don't know everybody's situation, but whatever you're facing, don't waste the pain. There's a purpose for it. There's another guy named Tobit. From the, it's a book. Tobit's a book in the Orthodox Bible. Verse 14 seems pretty straightforward, right? Chapter 2, verse 14, and Tobit says, But he remained immovable in the fear of God, giving thanks to God all the days of his life. Seems pretty easy, right? You know what verse 13 says? I'll tell you. It says he received blindness. Tobit went blind in verse 13. Look at verse 14. He remained immovable in the fear of God, giving thanks to God all the days of his life. Why would you do that, Tobit? You're blind. You know, Tobit was a man always serving people. He was always giving. If you read the book of Tobit, it's amazing. I highly recommend it. He was always giving to the poor. He was always serving. He would actually leave the food on his table and go and help people. Verse 13, when blind. Verse 14, still giving thanks. Why? What's the reason that you're giving thanks all the days of your life? You know what God did? Tobit had a son named Tobias. Because of this blindness, Tobias had to leave and go get more money. Along the way, you know what happened? Along the way, God used Tobias' son to save a girl named Sarah from a demon. She tried to marry seven different men, and all seven different men died because of a demon surrounding her. God allowed this blindness to send the son, Tobias, to go help Sarah. He saved Sarah, got married to Sarah, so now his son is married, saved Sarah, and guess what? Along the way, he found the medicine for the blindness. He came back, gave the medicine to his father. His father was healed. Son was married to a great lady. That lady was in a big problem, and she overcame it. And the story is in more detail than that, but my point is, look at Tobit, giving thanks, giving thanks. Why are you giving thanks? You're blind. Because there's a purpose. Why he allowed it to happen. And there's definitely a purpose why God is doing what he's doing in each one of us. <clears throat> so gratitude, kind of review. Gratitude 
in everything. In everything. Leads to patience. Some of us need that. Perfection, which is lacking nothing, which is being content for whatever. Because sometimes in life, we want more, we want more, we want more. Guess what? God's going to produce a perfection, lacking nothing. And the third one is purpose. Don't waste your situation. Let God use it to help you and to help somebody else. And that's why I want to kind of go down here to the practical. Last week, I'm going to give you four practical things to do. I'm going to give you two. It doesn't mean you stop what last, last week, there was four amazing things that we should continue this week. Don't stop those things. But I want to give you two things that I want you to try to do this week. How to practice gratitude and everything, reframe it. That's the first thing. What does reframe it mean? It means that you have to reframe what's in front of you, the problem. Right? When you see your wife or husband or your kids and you have a problem in the home, I want you to reframe that problem into what's the good thing you see? What's the good thing you see in your spouse? What's the good thing you see in your children? What's the good things you see in your situation? Reframe it. Don't look at it from always a negative point of view. Reframe it. Instead of saying, I hate my job, how do you reframe that? Thank God you're providing for me with a job. I have a job that can pay my bills. Thank you for providing for my family. That's reframing it. You can keep saying, I hate my job, I hate my boss, I hate this, I hate that. We can complain about everything, or we can reframe it. If someone you know is far away from God, or you're kind of struggling in your journey, you could reframe and say, thank God for this church. You gave me a wonderful church to help me and my family. Or you can focus on, my family's far from God. Or you can say, thank you God for situation. Right? Like, you can see someone... In that negative light, or you can trust that God is doing something. So reframe every one of your situations. I don't know your life very well. Like I said, I'm getting to know some of you, but reframe it. You can stay in sadness and depression and say, this is the worst. Or you can say, no, wait a minute. Like, I have a house that I'm under. I have shelter. I have food. Remember the orange soda? Like, I just have even a little bit. I have water. I have, I have the basic needs of my life. Why am I complaining? Reframe each situation and be grateful for every situation, the good and the bad, because the bad leads to something. I promise you, God is not going to waste that situation you're going through. I promise you. I promise you. You know, a silly, straightforward example, if you recover from alcohol addiction, what does God usually do? He allows you to help others in that situation. So whatever you're facing, God's going to use it for a purpose. So reframe the narrative and your situation, reframe it and see the good in it. And even just to kind of help us out with a verse, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider, focus on this with me, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yeah, I'm suffering today, but there's a glory coming. Okay, so we should know I must reframe and readjust the way I look at things because there's glory coming. There's blessing coming. There's purpose coming. God's going to produce patience, perfection, and purpose in my life. Wow. God, you have a purpose to everything I'm going through? And if I know that, I'm willing to accept what I'm facing. And not accept it like it's going to be there forever. I promise you, it will not be there forever. It's a chapter in your book. It's a chapter in your book. There's another chapter coming. But we got to learn how to reframe it to give 
thanks, and everything. And the second thing, and the final thing, is channel it. Channel it. I'm going to explain what that means. There's an elder named Paisios from Mount Athos in Greece. He went through severe pain as well. He had a hernia and some other sicknesses. And he had an option to do surgery to heal the pain he was facing, the hernia and the, some of the sickness. And he decided, by the way, not to do the surgery. So he can remember, again, kind of like what I went through, and he can feel the pain and compassion for others and have compassion for others. So what he did was he channeled it to pray for others. So reframe it, but channel it. And I'll give you an example. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling lonely, it's your chance to channel that loneliness to pray for somebody else who is lonely or to visit somebody else who is lonely. Whatever you're facing, channel it to help somebody else. Reframe it is for you. Channel it is for somebody else. Channel it. If you're facing a financial problem, maybe it's time for you to go and give someone who doesn't have money for food. If you're facing a financial problem, doesn't make any sense, right? I don't know what you're talking about. If you're facing a financial problem, you know, not everything adds up and you can't seem to pay all the bills, whatever. Go and serve and help somebody who doesn't have anything at all. Channel it. So whatever you face, channel it towards somebody else. If you struggle with an addiction or sin or your own situation, pray for others in that situation. Channel it. Somebody else who did that in a prison, St. Paul, St. Silas, Acts chapter 16, they're in prison, a lot of prisoners, they're in a tough situation, and they're praising and thanking God and singing. What's wrong with these guys? But you know what they did once that prison door opened? They didn't run out. You know what they did? They looked at the people around them, even the guard, and said, how can I help you? See how they channeled their prison time? Right? They were thankful and praising. But you know what? They channeled it to look at somebody else. And all the prisoners around there were touched, especially the guard. He was converted. So channel it. Reframe it and channel it. By the way, I believe this is the best opportunity to pray for others and serve others. Pray for others and serve others. That's how you channel it. You can stay crying and complaining in your own situations. I had that option in 2014. I could say, this is the worst. Leave me alone. I'm sick. Leave me alone. I got enough sick. I, I, I can't even handle some of the problems of the church. Leave me alone. But God said, no, go and look for those sick around you. And I started to do that. Even in my sickness of that year, I started looking around those and, and God was letting me channel my own situation to others and that's it in everything give thanks reframe when you go home you have you're going to start complaining that's your sign let me let me change let me hold on let me change well, how can i change what i've just said how can i change how i just feel okay i'm not saying when you leave here everything is going to go the way you think it's actually going to be opposite of what you think reframe it if you're facing something you should pray for others who are facing that same problem and channel a chance to serve that's how we don't waste what God is doing. God is producing patience in us. He's making us be content, perfect, lacking nothing. He has a purpose for the pain. And finally here, I want to say one last thing that St. Athanasius has, he said. St. Athanasius says, 
We must not let any season pass without thanksgiving. We must not let any day go by with, in everything, give thanks. Spend your week posting, sharing, giving thanks for all the good that's happening. But I would say, even the not so good, give thanks for that. There is a purpose. You may not see it right now. I never understood why I had malaria and typhoid and shingles and, and pneumonia. Like, any one of those can kill anyone, honestly. But then I realized later, God's going to show you what he's going to do. And he's, everything give thanks. That's how we have thanks living. That's how we enjoy this time with God. I think that's all I wanted to say to each one of you. Let's pray for one another. Let's try to focus on this life of thanks. And let's try to enjoy even the bad and the hard and the tough. Let's stand up and thank God for those right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Truly, Lord, we thank you for every condition, for any condition, whatever condition, because we know that you are doing something in it, Lord. Lord, we don't like it, but we accept it from your hands. You allowed it for a reason. Lord, thank you for this beautiful church. Thank you for our church family before you. Thank you for our fathers. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our work. Thank you for when things don't go well, that you have something you're trying to do in us. Lord, clean us, purify us, perfect us. Help us to be content and thankful for whatever we have. Help us not to, to complain all the time and be bitter all the time and be in depression all the time for our situations because we know there's a purpose for the pain. There's a purpose you have for the pain. You did it in Tobit's life. You gave him and allowed blindness to happen to him, but you did it for a reason. Lord, help us to understand over time. Thank you for this wonderful group. Thank you for this chance to, to speak on your behalf, Lord. And please forgive us our sins. Please wash us and please help us to be thankful in every condition. Session of St. Mary and St. Mark and St. Timothy and St. Ignatius and all the saints. Lord, hear us. We thankfully say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go in peace. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Amen. Thanks for joining us here today. You can find us on any social media platform and feel free to share a message that inspires you with family and friends. If there's anything we can do for you, visit our website and let us know how we can help or how we can pray for you. If you aren't receiving our weekly email, please click the Stay Connected button on our website. Have a great day.